And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation that I'm hoping helps your business grow. Are you happy with your career? Are your employees happy with your with their careers? And are the people that you're trying to get to come work at your company happy with their careers? The probability is they're probably not. That's just a little bit of stats from here in America and worldwide. But we're going to have a pretty deep conversation about what most people are lacking in their careers. And before I get into who I'll be chatting with today, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Wix. Yes, our friends over at Wix know a thing or two about turning a scrappy startup team into a global organization that serves millions of people, and they want to share what they've learned with Startup Hustle listeners and their new micro-podcast series called Ready for Takeoff by Wix. When you tune into Ready for Takeoff by Wix, you get to hear from Wix founders and company leaders. They share super short lessons to help you build better programs and teams faster. Hey, that's a topic I can get behind, so subscribe and follow the Ready for Takeoff by Wix podcast wherever you listen to the show. With me today, I've got Michael Garden, and Michael is the podcast host and executive editor at Career Cloud. He knows a few things about careers and what people might be happy with or not happy with. So let's just go ahead and welcome Michael to the show straight out of Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome to Start Apostle, Michael. Thanks, Matt. Happy to be here and talk to your uh, listeners. Yeah, I'd like to go ahead and begin our conversation with a little bit more about your backstory. So let's just jump right in. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm one of those guys that really has never had a career calling. Um, I remember in college, my dad saying, uh, you know, this is maybe I'm a sophomore or junior in college and, and I don't have everything quite figured out. And he says, well, what are you going to do? And I said, you know, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to do a whole bunch of different things. And I'm going to find success along the way. And so I've kind of tried to dedicate my, I've, I've kind of had come at career from the lens of how do you figure out how to sort of thrive and adapt in a world where you don't necessarily have a one foot in front of the other calling. Um, so I started my career in Chicago as a proprietary futures trader, um, kind of in the world of you know, trading uh, power, oil, uh, all sorts of different markets. Um, and I, at, at the end of about five years of doing that, I kind of woke up at 28 and said, wow, I can't do this for the rest of my life. So career pivot number one, you know, what are you going to kind of do next? Um, and I got into the world of, of startups. I've started a couple different companies, raised some money, um, got into the world of content marketing and joined a, a, a startup uh, called reviews.com, building online content, reviewing all sorts of products and services and learned kind of the SEO and content marketing game. I did some, uh, a- after that company was sold in 2016 to a private equity company, uh, I got into the world of really corporate consulting. I, I ended up 
helping a large insurance company here in Madison, Wisconsin, learn how to build new products and services for their uh, customer base. And then I said, you know, the, in 2018 or so I said, you know, the corporate world isn't really all it's cracked up to be for me. Um, I want to get back into to working for myself. And I, I ended up purchasing uh, the website Career Cloud and um, been working on it ever since and de- really developed kind of a passion around helping people figure out what they want to do with their lives or helping them execute a change um, in their careers. And that could be anything from getting a different job to doing something completely different in the world of entrepreneurship. So when we talk about what most people are lacking in their careers, I mean, the the first thing for me that comes to mind is, well, you could say passion. And that's because a lot of people don't have the opportunity to, or they haven't found the opportunity to show up every day to a job and do something that they're passionate about. And I think that that's a huge problem when it comes to, if you look at and I'm not going to drag up a bunch of stats about the, you know, out of 100 people surveyed, how many people said they hate their job? Cause it's a high number, man. It's really high. And, and you know, but it's because if you're not waking up and doing things that you're passionate or interested about, I mean, it truly is a job at that point, you're sitting there waiting for, the, you know, that, that, you know, the clock to hit 5 PM and then you're out the door. Like, you know, you just started the hundred meter dash at the, at the Olympics. I mean, for, when you think about what most people are lacking in their careers, I mean, what's, what's one of the first things that comes to mind or first couple things that come to mind? Yeah. So I, I do think passion is a part of it. I don't think it's the whole story. And so the, what, how I think about it is actually, I use the word alignment. Um, I think people are just not aligned um, with the work that they're doing. And you can get alignment from a number of different areas, right? I mean, yes, of course, passion for the work that you're doing, right? I mean, the best plan is one that you can adhere to. So so if you have passion and interest in what you're doing, you're more likely to continue to do those things. Um, but you can get alignment from the company that you work for, um, being aligned with the mission that, that they're on and the values, uh, and all of those types of things. You can get alignment from just being good at something. Um, I do think passion and, and being good at something do go hand in hand, but when you develop a skill, I think you can develop a passion for what you're doing. Um, and then I think, you know, a lot of people are just lacking, uh, creativity in a creative outlet and, and sort of more control over what uh, they do day to day or the products, services, offerings that they create. And you can kind of find alignment that way. Um, and I've talked to a lot of people who find alignment or, or build alignment in through entrepreneurship. Maybe it's they find a creative outlet through having a side hustle or something like that, or that or they're able to turn that into you know, a full time job. Um, but I would say figuring out and having clarity around, you know, the, the things that I do and the person that I am and what I do every day, having, having those things be, um, pretty aligned is the biggest thing I see lacking. Yeah. I think psychologically humans are, they want to feel like they're moving forward and, you know, when you look at alignment, I mean, I think that's a a subset of it. They want to feel that, that they're aligned with something that's going to advance them forward. Now for the skills thing, I couldn't agree. 
I couldn't agree more on that part. And that's something I run into a lot at full scale. So I employ, um, you know, 250 plus software developers. And I will tell you that the overwhelming number of them are more concerned about what they're doing than what they're getting paid to do it. And a lot of that has, and then, you know, uh, uh, the, at our organization, we have overwhelmingly senior level experience. And one thing that we learned pretty quickly is that the alignment is out of whack. We end up with unhappy clients and unhappy employees. For example, you have like, you know, there's 10 million types of, of coding. And if you don't really understand what you're doing when you put someone on an assignment and you get them misaligned, it's like the idea that you hire a new sales guy and then they show up in Kansas City and you're like, okay, congratulations, you're now in charge of France. And they're like, yeah, but I don't speak French. Yeah, but yeah, but you know sales, so you have to know how to sell in France. And that's a shitty alignment, you know, and that, and that, and I think different people have a different desire and level of excitement to learn something new. Now on the flip side of that, there are definitely people at our company that would show up and be like, hell yeah, I've always wanted to learn French, but not, you know, but overall it's, it creates a lot of friction. And, um, you know, you look at some of with the, the advancing and moving forward, you just get back to some of those basic psychological principles. And you remember uh, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, you know, that fifth one, the little pinnacle at the top is that self-actualization. And that that's really hard to get and maintain, but that's the feeling that you're doing what you're capable of doing and how many people get to do that at work. And I think that that's not always the case. So, so how do you fix it? Yeah, I, th- it, I think uh, you're, to- you're totally on. I mean, that self-actualization piece, right? Like at organisms are are built to grow, right? Uh, grow physically. Um, and I think as humans, we've evolved to where we're trying to grow psychologically, emotionally, um, and monetarily and, and kind of added all of these other uh, elements of growth uh, to that. And so doing something where you do feel like you're growing is, is extremely important. Um, fixing it, I mean, you kind of alluded to the the issue that you have at your at your company, which is on some level, the organization has to be that coach and the, and the peace mover, um, to get people aligned with the, in the right jobs and in the right situations. Um, you know, that's one, that's one piece to it. Um, I think the other is, uh, you know, it's just a, it's just a self-discovery journey. I think you have to be a person that, thinks very deeply about uh, and is very truthful about the things that you like and don't like. And it's all okay. Like we're all different. Um, not everybody's an entrepreneur. Not everybody's a salesperson. It's, that's all okay. But, but being very truthful with what you like, what you, and, and I think almost more importantly, what you don't like. Um, and then as see- well as what you're good at and what you're not. Absolutely. I run into that all the time. People are like, Hey, I want to, I want to be, I, I think I should be this position, you know, whatever ABC. And you're like, well, you don't have any experience doing that. And then you get, this is, this is always that chicken and egg issue with employees and employers. Well, how do I get any experience if no one will give it to me? 
And, you know, we've all been, uh, we kind of go through uh, and re read different books and do different audibles in the leadership group. And we just read through the book Traction, which is a great book. And they, he uses the acronym GWC. They have, people have to get it, want it, and be capable of doing it. And that's a problem because I think a lot of people want to be in roles and they get, they get really like upset, frustrated, uh, downtrodden, uh, feel shorted or go look for other jobs because they didn't get a specific opportunity. And when I think about an employee, it's not, you know, there's, it's, I think it's the employees, it's the employer's job to provide ample opportunity and training. But, it, but as an employee, I can't force you to learn it. I've right. had all kinds of instances where I've put people in roles and give them the tools, the guidance or whatever. And you end up three months later, you're still sitting there, you know, trying, you're dragging people along and it, and sometimes that becomes, a, it becomes burdensome. So at what point, and I think we all kind of control our own destiny as employees on many days, at least when it comes to learning, that's not something that, uh, what, what they always say, it's a, you know, the efforts free, <laughs> it's something you can control. Uh, same thing with attitude and a couple other things. So I, I yeah, I, sorry, I couldn't help but jump in on that one. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, attitude and effort, right? Yeah. Those are, those are totally in control of the employee. And I think a lot of times uh, an employee, you're, you're dead on um, people want, see, people see the, the great opportunity, right? They see them, the more money, the more responsibility, maybe cooler work or something like that. And don't necessarily look at the jobs to be done right in front of them and how you do that super duper well. Um, and I think like there's just maybe it's um, maybe it's a transparency issue or something like that. But the people who I think really grow are the ones that say, OK, I'm going to you know, that's in the future. That is something that I have to work towards. There's a delayed gratification aspect to it. Um, and they say, job number one is execute this thing and be really damn good at it. Um, and so I think, you know, people need to be able to figure out how to get the right, the proper feedback, right? Hear, hearing that, hearing from a, from a boss that, um, okay, buddy, you, you took on this role. The, the performance isn't up to par uh, with where we need it to be. And here's why, like, that's, that, that's very constructive, but people need to, be able to see the instances of like, what's the expectation and why have I not met that expectation? And so there's kind of like that circle between what, you know, where the, the employee's responsibility and the organization's responsibility in terms of, of kind of coaching uh, that person into the, into the right role. That, that's a tough thing to do too. You know, I had someone earlier this year, um, we gave this person feedback and they were really upset about the feedback. And that resulted in someone showing up and like quitting on the spot. And, 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 and that's a tough thing. You know, you get back to that psychological aspect. Some people need to be pushed. Some people need to be pulled. And mm -hmm. I think that as an employee from the employer side or the leadership side, I think it's really important that you understand, you know, which, which works with the person you're trying to communicate with. Cause like, I'm someone that if, if there's certain, I mean, we all, we all have certain things that are going to drive us nuts and certain personality types just stew on certain things and aren't able to, 
you know, get that out and they can become people can, you talk about a career and say, Oh, they're so critical of everything that I do. Are they, is, is that, you know, and it's, it's, I think some of that is, is a tough thing to get over. I think, you know, my book balanced me one of the very right there on page one, it, it says, if you're not ready to admit that you might be part you might, you're probably your biggest problem. Just put the book back. Cause I can't help you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is very difficult. Um, it, again, I think ultimately hearing that feedback and it is going to hopefully be, and even having this, this bad experience where the person quits, right? Like hopefully for that person, it's going to be a, a growth experience, but yeah, you're right. I mean, again, going back to what we can control, what we can't, right. As the employee, you can, one of the things that you, we, we didn't mention was kind of open-mindedness and truth around your skills, capabilities, uh, and, and interests. And if the organization has put you in three different roles and tried to coach you and help you, and you're still feeling that same way, you, you do need to look in the mirror. And just going back to the alignment thing, at the very least, okay, maybe this isn't the right spot for me uh, in, in a company even. And then going out and taking it upon yourself to, to either get, you know, take that feedback to heart and learn from it. Or if you really, if you really feel like you're sort of the wronged party in, in the whole thing, you know, you got to try to find a, a, a different cultural fit for you. Um, and, you know, if you're not willing to change, you're probably going to end up experiencing the same issue and problem, you know, in the next place as well. I think an important thing to remember is that, and now look, there are bad bosses, there are bad leaders, but for the most part, people that are, you know, for me owning the business, no one, no one benefits more from your success than me. I mean, on, on many days as well, it's first you as the employee, it could be the client, it could be all of us. And you know, we, at full scale, we try to create, we, we call it, we refer to things in a circular way a lot. And sometimes that's related to communication. Like you can't just have communication between the service provider and, and the company we provide service for there might, you know, there needs, there's another angle to that because we have management and leadership and that completes a circle. And it's the same thing. It's like, if you find someone we do a lot of training. We actually just took someone that, you know, had a lot of experience, but didn't have specific types of certification um, and put this person through a three week training course that wasn't quite honestly, wasn't that expensive to provide and got, got them certified on a lot of Google cloud related stuff. It's a different topic. And one of our clients jumped right on, getting this person added to their team. We have a happy client. We have a happy company. We have a happy employee. And that's, that's a circular win. So I think that when it comes to feedback growth and, and I think you said something earlier, that's pretty important is this isn't an instant gratification thing on the flip side of that, as an employer, I have definitely noticed over 15 years and now hundreds of people that have worked at my company is, is that people are usually good at stuff right away if they're going to be good. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, and I would challenge many of you listening to try to find an instance because we all know, you know, you worked with someone, they showed up, you're like, wow, this person is got a long way to go to even be average. 
Is that ever really the person that later you're like, man, they're an all-star world-class performer. It's, it's not, it's not. So I, but I think that's a reflection of having people in the wrong seat, wrong opportunity, wrong alignment. Yeah. I think, I think when you hire for a specific role and a, a spe- to get a specific job done, right. It's very, it should be very clear, um, right away, whether or not that person can execute that thing. That's a different problem from saying, uh, ultimately this person, you know, can, can grow and evolve into a really solid, great contributor in, in another way. Right. And I think, um, so, so I definitely agree with what you're saying. I also agree that people absolutely can change. Absolutely can, you know, cause I've seen it with the right feedback and the right alignment people can end up being stars at, at something different, but there's a lack of alignment right away in the job that they're being hired for in that specific instance. One thing that I think you can probably count on is knowing that our friends over at Wix, yes, the website and business building platform know a thing or two about turning a scrappy startup team into a global organization that serves millions of people. And they want to share what they've learned with you in a new micro podcast series called Ready for Takeoff by Wix, where the company's founders and leaders share super short lessons designed to help you build better products and teams faster. Subscribe and follow Ready for Takeoff by Wix right now on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this show. Now, speaking of podcasts, uh, you've got a show, don't you, Michael? Yeah, um, it's called Career Cloud Radio. And um, what I'm trying to do there is really talk with people who have different people that have wide ranging experiences in their careers. Um, we might talk to we might talk to entrepreneurs, software developers, um, I'm talking to the uh, one of the former CEO COOs of uh, Bridgewater Hedge Fund actually later today. And what I'm trying to do is give my audience really, uh, you know, inspiration into uh, the, the different types of work that's out there in the world to help people um, uh, really just look at and plan out their life a little bit differently and say, you know what, I might not be doing the right thing, but here's an example of a person that what they have they have a life set up for themselves and they do meaningful work. That's really interesting to me. And I had never heard of that, you know, that work before. And so um, just trying to give people a broader perspective on work and trying to channel that into helping people plan and think long range about uh, the life work that they do. So you mentioned earlier, you're talking about side hustles and, you know, what's your take on how to make a side hustle your full-time business? Because the one thing you said earlier that I actually wanted to kind of challenge a little bit was that maybe a side hustle would fix your, your opinion of fill what you're missing in your career. I feel like that's kind of a bandaid. I feel like getting, doing something different to fix the other thing that you're doing like sometimes that might work, but um, for a lot of people, if they're already feel like they're working a lot, doing something else that's additional work might kind of make it even more stressful. I mean, my personal opinion is you're, you find this balance between your personal, professional and physical life. And if someone's doing a side hustle that can pull away from some of the other things like taking care of themselves, exercising or family matters. But, you know, when it comes to, you know, 
I'm not also not opposed to the side hustle. I've had several in the course of my life. So, you know, how, how do you, how do you bridge the gap? And it, by the way, the side hustle is usually it, 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 it's someone orbiting around things that they like or that they're passionate about. You typically don't start a side hustle. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm wrong if I say overwhelmingly, cause there's a lot of people that might clean houses or do some other stuff. I don't think people are inherently passionate about cleaning toilets, but I mean, maybe they are, if you are good for you and I please reach out because there's always a role <laughs> for that at my house. But, but how, so how do you take that from a side hustle to a full-time business? So, so first I think you're, you're right in pushing back on that. I mean, I think it depends on what the person is lacking. And so in this, this, the specific reason I brought that up was sometimes people are just lacking like a creative outlet. They may be really good at what they do, but are, are bored or just are, are looking for something of their own or, or whatever that might be. And I think that can doing a side hustle can be a good creative outlet. Um, where it becomes a problem is if you're trying to take, if you're just selling your time on the side, like that's not scalable because you have a full-time job. You maybe have uh, uh, kids and a family and all and health as, as you uh, alluded to that that's all going to, going to take away from, but I don't see any problem with, going after and pursuing kind of, you know, these little creative outlets, um, that can sort of be scaled, uh, in terms of taking it, you know, uh, to full time, I I've done this. Um, and so I, I have a kind of a specific track in doing this. And I think the, the number one thing is you have to be extraordinarily, in my opinion, extraordinarily patient, um, and long in thinking long-term on it because, it's very difficult to work a full-time job, as you said, as work a full-time job and just spend all of your other waking time um, to, to get that going, right? It takes away from everything else. So what I did was I kind of said, I, this is when I was working um, consulting for a Fortune 500 company. I said, I want to, ch I want to change. I want to go back in the world of content marketing and the internet. And I took, uh, I basically started with what do I not want and what am I not going to put up with and what am I not going to, what are going to be too big a time sucks on, on my time in terms of the business. And I set it up that way. So I went and I purchased a couple of businesses. I said, I don't know which one's going to work out, but I purchased career cloud, uh, purchased a few, a couple others. And I said, I'm going to create a, a team a content team that can execute uh, what we need to do to build those businesses together. I wasn't building three separate teams. I was building one that could execute on all three. And then I said, okay, in order to cash flow that, I need a, I basically need a bridge. I need one really big uh, digital marketing client. And I, because I've been in the industry, I had, we had reputation and we were able to kind of go find a client, one client to be able to fund these businesses. Um, cause I don't want to be in the agency game. So I don't want to, I don't want to have five, 10, 15 clients because that's not the ideal lifestyle for me. That's not a way that I could, that's not a scalable side hustle. So when, once I got the first or the one client, I completely left the, uh, consulting job. And I worked full time on that. And the whole time I was building, I was 
taking working capital from uh, the services I was providing for that client and funneling it into the business. And once I had that big enough uh, to where I could pay the whole team and do all of that, I left the client because I didn't want to be in that client game. So this whole process took a year and a half or so um, from start from when I started working on and saying, yes, I want to leave this and I want, and this is my path out and, and executing that. So about, about 18 months or so, um, full stop. So I think it's like one, you know, finding sort of a product market fit, like what, like what is the product that you have and that you want to do and determining, is it big enough to replace, uh, my job? You know, anyway, like if, if it's not, that's, that's not really, you're never going to take it full time. And then thinking about like, what are the transition points out? Like, what are the two or three things that have to happen um, in order for you to, to get out of this? Now, certain people can, can just quit their job full, you know, cold turkey and start their, uh, so start working on their side hustle full time. I've got three kids. I've got a wife, I've got, you know, a, a responsibilities. I didn't want to take that type of risk. Um, so I try to engineer like the, the entire path out, if you will. A c- couple of responses there. So the, the last part we used the, that falls into, um, for, for so many people it, that's the right time myth and people, it's not the right time. The right time's never coming. It's if you're sitting around waiting for the right time to go do what it is that you really want to be doing you're going to find yourself waiting for a really long time. And, and I want to caution people that find themselves saying those, that phrase, it's not the right time. It's not the right time. Cause I, I, like I said, there's very few instances where perfect timing exists. I mean, that's a luxury piece when, especially when it comes to starting your own business, there's never really a truly right time to do it. You can always find a reason to avoid it when it's not the right time is like the, maybe the, if okay, you're having a new baby in two weeks, right? You, you just lost your job yesterday. That might be the right time to start a business. I mean, I know so many people that accidentally started a very successful enterprise and business partially out of necessity, partially out of being bored. And that's what I want to, what else I want to reply to is when you talk about the side hustle thing. So if you're not successful in your current career and it's, and it may be due to a lack of specific types of education, training, or experience going and doing something else that's not related to the, to the skills, experience, or education that you need to acquire it's going to probably move you further away from it. And, you know, if I don't know what it, it, for those of you that are listening, I don't know what you do. I think most people that listen to this podcast are either entrepreneurs or wannabe, but you know, the, the, the move away from distracting yourself from the things that you really need to do aren't always a good thing. And I think that as, so I just, yesterday I turned 47. I'm getting old, man. And I think one, yeah, thanks, man. I, I got Father's Day and yeah. my birthday on the same day. So it was like a two for one. And then I asked my wife as well. I was like, I think I n- now know what Christmas babies 
feel like, you know, cause you, you know, you always look at the people that have the birthday, like a few days in the Christmas, you're like, did that always get bundled into one? I have two kids that are born like 10 days apart, obviously different years, but you know, we, we finally had the discussion. We're like, okay, we're going to have to have them. They're going to have to have separate birthdays this year. <laughs> uh, but, but look, when it comes to so much of that is, is, is the reason I bring this up is 15 years ago, I was trying to do a bunch of different things. And I want to talk to you about your take on, on optionality. And, and for me as now I've got a, a I have been very self-actualized a couple times in life and I'm experiencing that right now with, I've got a business that's four years old and it's coming up on its 300th employee. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're doing what we're capable of doing there, but in order to get there, I had to put on blinders on so many different things. I had to teach myself. So I'm an ADD guy and I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are, but you got to stop chasing every shiny thing. And it was my business partner at Full Scale and my often co-host here on Startup Hustle that will often say, hey, Matt, it's just another thing to do. It's just another thing to do. And the, the thing is, is if you're going to be truly world-class and excellent at something, then you got to decide what that is and maybe focus on it. Because you only have so much bandwidth, so much time, so much energy, so much opportunity. And if you want to be really good at being average then try to get good at like 60 different things because mm-hmm. it's usually not the way that it works. And if you're capable of being world-class at 60 different things, I then, and you're like, yeah, but I could do it. Okay. How good would you be at a few of them? If that's what you focused on now, once again, you know, birthday, refl- the day after birthday reflection and thinking about where you might've been 15 years ago, I don't think I would have said that, but Um, I I really think that that laser sharp focus and that commitment to being really good at stuff, which also involves a lot of setbacks, whether you're the employee or the employer, like you don't wake up every day and win. And I think the key is, is that you just have to not, you need to try to break the losing streaks and just be a little bit better. I mean, if you get a little tiny bit better at everything you do every day, you can be pretty darn good at some stuff in a hurry. Yeah, I. I agree with that. I think like, I guess the, the nuance I put on it is um, I, I think so many people come out of college, you know, the, the decisions made in terms of their career track, right. Or, or what they're going to go into. And I think a lot of people don't end up sticking with that or they change. So I think, so I think the reality is much earlier in the process, we need a system to figure out uh, and get people better alignment. And so in in absence of that, right? Like we don't have broad-based, um, uh, you know, apprenticeship programs like that, that you can just really cycle through a bunch of different things really fast and figure out what you want to do. We don't, we, like, we just don't really have that. And so I was, again, I was one of those kids that was like, all right, yeah, I'm going to do finance. Cause like, I like numbers and I like the stock market and stuff like that, but you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think a lot of people are like that. And so with that reality, you need to impose uh, on yourself in order to, to figure it out. You need to impose some type of strategy to get exposure to a bunch of different things, which includes doing a bunch of different things, but then betting hev- more heavily on what's working and getting rid of uh, the stuff that, you know, best basically stopping very quickly the activities that uh, that aren't producing. So 
I kind of have a rule. I was like, if, if you if you don't know the future, you need to create options for yourself, but you can't have too many options. Max three. You need to have like max three projects that you're working on or max three skills you're trying to acquire at any one one time. It's hard because you have to, it takes more input. It takes more of your bandwidth. But if you have three, the likelihood that one of them, that you're going to find some signal on one of them and that you can drop the other two and bet more heavily on that one. Um, I think, I think the odds are with you to, to cycle through things uh, more quickly. The other, the other option is if you want to do a bunch of different things, you have to just sequence them. You have to try number one and only number one, kill it or, or continue with it and then go to two and three and four and five and, and, you know, have that structured approach. For me, my mind, I'm, I'm more of a horizontal thinker. I like to have a few different things going on at the same time. So again, when I built, when I built this business and engineered my way out of corporate consulting, I was like, the, I, I need to, I need a portfolio. I need to buy three sites or create three sites or do whatever, you know, th- have three different small businesses to incubate because I don't know which one's just going to take off. And then when we figured out which one was going to take off, we sold the other ones. And so I've been working that, that was how I've, I've, you know, engineered my way into career cloud and in speaking on this topic and really developing a, a passion for helping people with their careers was through that, through that process of doing three things at the same time, cutting my losses and betting more heavily on the winner um, just you can do you can do three but, things at the same time that are still well within the lane of yes, yes. Uh, of like still being good at one thing yes. or or like a few different things and that and that's what I want everyone listening like don't think it's not like hey I can only do one thing because I, I I you know what drives me nuts is people if you really want to focus you have to quit multitasking well I'm like you I have to have a couple different things going on because if something's not quelling my ADD something other than Adderall. Uh, isn't, you know, fixing my ADD. It's like, you know, my wife would tell me, she's like, I don't know how you do. So I listen to music a lot because it actually quiets my thought process because it provides enough distraction to like, let me focus on other things. But I think it's the same thing. You you know, if, especially if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an entrepreneur, the idea that you're only going to have, you're going to have the luxury of only focusing on one thing today get out of here. That's that, right. I would laugh that out the door. Hey, I, my biggest problem is I can't focus on any one thing as an entrepreneur. Get used to it. Yeah. Because I'm telling you right now that a couple decades later, I haven't found a different reality. It's a question <laughs> of, uh, it's not about what I want to do today. It's often about what I have to do today. And, yeah. you know, I wake up every morning with a list of things that I would like to do that I want to do that are my priority. And if I look back at the end, at the end of the day and, and say, did this really happen? Uh, it's a big, it's a strong maybe on a lot of days. And sometimes just a hard no, because you don't know what's going to happen. You hear the phrase putting out fires and stuff like that. And you talk about some of this experience and it seems like a good time to once again, thank Wix for being the sponsor of today's episode of Startup Hustle. If you're an entrepreneur or founder trying to figure out how to successfully navigate the rocket ship 
of hyper growth in thinking about, do you want to take control over your company's online presence internally or externally? Our friends over at Wix Enterprise can help. Wix Enterprise is a platform that helps provide businesses with an all-in-one solution for all types of growth and business needs and create high-performing websites for your business, all of which are backed by enterprise-grade security, as well as expert support to help you manage and scale online. Head over to Wix.com for more information. There's links in the show notes to that career cloud and a whole lot of other stuff. Now, I like to end my episodes of Startup Hustle. I say my episodes, you know, I'm not the only host of the show. So make sure you tune in for Lauren, Andrew, and Matt Watson's weekly episodes. I have some new series with Matt and I coming out soon as well. But I end my episodes with the Founders Freestyle, which I like to give my founder guests and you qualify, sir, a chance to go back and uh, have a little freestyle moment at the end of the episode. If there's anything we, you know, we race, I'm sure you, uh, the feedback you get on your podcast as well as, man, that went by quick. <laughs> so I like to give everyone a chance to kind of, uh, what did we miss? What did we like? Uh, what did we, uh, or, I mean, I've also had people like truly freestyle. I've had people rap, recite poetry. <laughs> it's your time, bud. It's your time, Michael. So here's the mic. All right. Well, I'm not going to rap for you, but I think, ah. uh, <laughs> I think, um, you know, our, our conversation <laughs> can kind of be, really looked at through a personal investing in yourself lens. And so I talk a lot with people who, who are trying to figure out what their lane should be, um, what they should spend more time on. You know, this idea of circle of competence and understanding what your current circle of competence is, is really important. And you can do that in a number of ways. You can, you can straight up ask people, you can create surveys and try to understand from other people's perspectives, like what you're good at. Um, and then looking at the edges and figuring out where the growth opportunities are, but staying within that circle of competence. And the other, comp the other concept is, is what's your highest point of leverage? So what is the thing that you do well within your circle of competence that you can look out, close your eyes and look out into the future and say, if I, you know, if I can lever this up, but I can, I can spend more time and effort on it and I, and I can get growth out of it. And everything else you can deal with in another way, delegate it, stop doing it, um, or, you know, ha have other people do it or whatever. But I, those are the, my, my sort of my two favorite concepts because you have to figure out what you're good at today, not what you're good at and, and sort of where you want to go tomorrow and then figure out how to expand that circle by applying more and more uh, pressure to your highest point of leverage. And you're going to create lanes for yourself. Um, and, and doors are going to open up when you do that because you're good at something and then you're figuring out how, how to get better at it and grow it and apply it in another direction. So those are just, I guess, like the, the two biggest takeaways uh, uh, concepts that I would like to leave your audience with. Well said. And for my freestyle, I'll snap a couple pieces onto that because, um, like I said, I think that's I think that's excellent advice. I think one of the things, whether, and this, this, my, my freestyle is going to apply to entrepreneurs because your, if your career is an entrepreneur, all this stuff applies to you. I think it's important to, you know, much like Michael was saying, talking about the things that you might do well, but what are the things that you really don't enjoy doing? Yeah. And let's try, you know, you mentioned the term delegation. That's the stuff I need to delegate to other people. Now, am I capable of doing most of the jobs at my business? Yes, I am. 
do I like doing all the jobs at my business? Certainly not. Am I the right person or to be doing most of those jobs? Absolutely not. And does it make me happy to look back at the time that I spent and go, wow, that's what I spent my day on? No way. And if you can get that stuff out, I was just talking to my wife about this because you know, one of the things, so someone asked me the other day, they said, what's it like to be the CEO or founder or running a business that's grown as quickly as, as full scale has. And, you know, like I said, like 300 employees and for, we had a hundred employees after a year. So, and the first thing that came to my mind was someone running down the street, <laughs> trying to fill up a bowl of milk and cereal while they were running. <laughs> right. And it's, and, and I don't know why that came into my head, but I was like, wow. And, you know, so it's splashing everywhere. It's messy. There's never, it's never really in the bowl. You're certainly not going to eat it very well. And, and, you know, I was thinking recently and, and my comparison with that was, you know, there's been so many roles that our leadership has had to slide into and fill like sales is one of them, sales and account management. Cause we provide services for software services for all Go to fullscale.io if you want to know more about what we do. But, you know, but I've had to jump into the sales role a number of different times and fill these gaps, which, you know, is a is obviously a key ingredient to our growth without sales and revenue. Not much else happens at a business, but that's not really the best role for me long term, because when I'm not doing that, I get out and find business other types of ways, which I'm happier doing. So I was just telling my wife, because I've got, you know, a couple of new sales leadership and some new salespeople that have started this year. And I was saying, you know, I really feel like I'm getting my life back. And that's worth, and you know, here's the thing, Michael, if I wanted, I could save a lot of money and be the salesperson and put that in my pocket. Mm -hmm. I would much rather pay someone else to do that. And that's actually something I'm good at and that. I, and I'm passionate about, but it's not the right role for me. It's not the right thing to do for the company. And with that, I've kind of coined this term this year of organizational honesty. And I think this applies to yourself as a leader. Like I'm all for giving your loyal employees an opportunity to do things that might be out of their comfort zone, but you have to have organizational honesty at a lot of points too, where you say, I've got the wrong person in the wrong role. I've got, I'm doing the wrong role. And I think that that back to that circular concept of being open and honest, you also have to <laughs> encourage people to understand like you're okay. If you're an introvert, you're probably not going to be a great salesperson. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just the way it is. You're going to have to constantly fight yourself to make an effort to be outward and sell stuff. And if you're not going to be honest with yourself about that, then you're, and it's the same thing. And even on like personal levels, people are like, well, I don't have a problem drinking. Why were you hung over four times last week? <laughs> you just got to be honest with yourself. They say, if you yeah. what, what they tell you, they tell a friend told me that when you go to try to get help for stuff like that, that, you know, it's like, if you, if you don't, can't admit that you have a problem, you're not going to fix it. And that same thing goes to professional bounds and everything. Now, if you want to try to overcome stuff, you have to take it upon yourself. It's like you go back to the introvert in sales. If it's really what you want to do and you're just, your heart tells you that's what you need to do, then you need to em embrace your, maybe the, rather than a side hustle, you might need to join Toastmasters right. or something. There's a lot of things out there that are still aligned and, and, and hey, 
I'm all for it. Fix the problem and then make yourself feel better and more confident, but you got to be honest about it along the way. And I think that if employees are honest, if there's a, a, a transparent level and nature between the relationship between employees and employers, I mean, if one of my employees came to me and said, hey, I'd really love to get some training on this. I think I can provide a lot of value. Uh, can we talk about it? I would, yeah, here, yeah. when can we start? All for that. So don't be afraid as an employee to ask for the opportunity, to ask for the education, to ask for the exposure. And then also as an employer, don't be afraid to offer that because you'll I've given that, done those things for a lot of employees. And then they've come to me a couple of weeks later and you're like, you know what? I really thought this was the thing for me. It's not. I think I'd, I'd rather go back to doing that other thing. But I think it all I think it all hinges and revolves around honesty and communication. And you know, if you're if you're not good at it, you're going to be happier doing something else you're good at. Yeah. And there's plenty of things out there to do, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. infinite, infinite. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And, and if it's really that bad where you work, you don't think you're getting what you need, what you want, go do something else. It's pretty simple. Yep. Exactly. Probably a good, probably a good place to end the show, right? Let's go do something else. <laughs> Perfect. I'll Perfect. see you next time, man. <laughs> All right. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. <laughs>